the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Interesting start to the year, interesting end to last year, right? We looked at the first five trading days and we tried to put a lot of value on them. What way are we leaning? What are the stories of the year going to be? In the end, 12 months from now, it'll be a different story. But starting the year, it's China trade war with the United States. Will we or won't we love each other? She loves me, she loves me not. She loves me, she loves me not. China's economy is big. It's tied towards growth of the world. China's economy is big. It's the number two economy in the world, and it will eventually take over the United States. So we start the year with a federal government shutdown, with a Federal Reserve and interest rates, with oil prices, will they stabilize in the $40 to $50 range? We start with trade wars. Not a lot of good there, huh? But you always have to sometimes look for the good. Didn't your mother once tell you that? Look for the good in people. Um, <clears throat> the deficits... Uh, the wall standoff and the budget, government funding, it's kind of a funny one because you know it's going to get done. But right now our national parks look like you know, garbage holes because people aren't taking the garbage out. People aren't changing the waste facilities. And you know it's going to get done, but what will the terms be? And uh, just for, I'll say from a damn entertaining standpoint – how long can it last? Uh, if it were to go on for a month, I would be really, really surprised. When people don't get paychecks, people start to freak out. <clears throat> so one thing that you may be wanting to know about with the government shutdown is your tax refund probably is going to be delayed this year. Um, maybe that's an excuse. Maybe that's a little bit too dramatic, but you can see where that's going. So... Uh, when people don't get their Social Security checks on time, but you should get your Social Security checks on time. It's never not been the case, and it tends to always get resolved until it doesn't get resolved, right? Um, so that's out there. Apple was a big story in 2018, finishing the year off with a whimper, not with a bang. Um, but you know what's interesting? When they wrote the letter where they said they're having problems with the tariffs in China and with people just holding on to their phones longer, 
lower guidance. That's the that's the biggest lowering of guidance in the iPhone era. And Tim Cook's having to deal with it. But you know what's interesting about it was aimed in the article that was released, the press release, that they were going to miss numbers. You could have seen a lot of things about the iPhone XS Max and iPhone X and the you know service plans and situations along those lines. But inside of it, he said, you know, we're going to have record revenue and record earnings. And, you know, they, they'll say things like, oh, we'll have record revenues in the United States, Canada, Germany, Italy, Spain, the Netherlands, Korea. And you're like, okay, but not China. So the questions with Apple right now is that they're raising. There's a lot of questions being raised. Can they get something to the rescue? Dell had an amazing run during the PC era as, you know, we had to have desktops. We had to have desktops. Uh, smaller, faster, cheaper, smaller, faster. And the cheaper was the problem. So Dell had its day as a dominant company. Apple's had its day as a dominant company. Is there an Act 2 or maybe even an Act 3 in Apple? And what's being floated by analysts is we see the decline in in the almighty iPhone juggernaut. The iPhone, people are slowing, but we're also spending more on our iPhones. There's something called ARPU, Average Revenue Per User, ARPU. And right now, the average revenue per iPhone user is about $42 a month. And some analysts are projecting, what if every iPhone user starts getting into like a video service or a music service or add more services, phone backup, uh, picture backup, picture delivery? What services can they get into? And then you see the average revenue per user jumping from $42 using their phone to $153. So what is going to play out in 2019? I could tell you from a 2017 report, Barclays was talking about, you know, Apple making its pricey top-of-the-line iPhones more appealing by bundling, giving you free services, Um, you know, you get 30 free days of satellite radio when you buy a new car. They're hoping that after 30 days you're hooked and willing to spend more. Otherwise, they're going to lose money. Same thing with Apple Music. Same things with the iCloud. They, they need to hook you. So the top-of-the-line phones, the ones that are going to cost $1,000 to $1,200, it's thought that this is the year that Apple's going to organize into Apple Prime. Apple Prime would be just like it sounds. You know how Amazon Prime gives you two-day delivery? That's what I think of it as. You have a whim. You have need dog food. It'll be there in two days. So Amazon has got that Prime service because it's not just delivery. It's also videos. It's, and I watched some videos over the holidays on Amazon Prime. And uh, the, the checkout mechanism is so easy on Amazon. I love it. Uh, it's, it's easy. And again, until it's a problem, it's not a problem. So people are thinking Apple's going to come up in 2019 with a Prime-like service based on Amazon's bundle of free shipping, movies, music, photos, various other services. It's the way that Apple can work their way out of their current problem of elongated sales cycle on phones is to push the services and figure out what missing pieces need to be added in. They're spending more on content this year. Maybe next year at the Golden Globes or the Academy Awards, we'll be talking about Apple winning a category, whether it be Best Actress or Supporting Actor or Comedy or of the Year. They've got the money. They're coming out with record earnings this quarter. 
So an iPhone upgrade program costs 37 bucks a month, and you can get a new iPhone every year. 37 bucks a month times 10 months, 370, add in you know, another $74 and you come to four, four forty, somewhere in that area. Right. And you can start seeing where Apple's trying to say, okay, let's bundle in the free phone every year. Let's bundle in music storage, Apple care warranty, um, Apple TV shows, which they're much ballyhooed. When are they coming? So, and we'll get to a- Apple prime is the thought I use a meditation service that's like 80 bucks a year or 200 bucks for a lifetime subscription. Uh, will Apple start buying apps that get you on that monthly addiction? Maybe. So now, can Apple give us enough bang for our buck without hurting their margins? Amazon Prime gives you the illusion of frequent savings on shipping costs with everything else's you know, sweeteners. So it's, it's really about that two-day shipping that you don't feel like, you, oh, it's being tacked on. I can't possibly go online. I'll just go to the store instead. So, but Amazon's got some pretty good TV shows, movies. they got a backlog, back catalog of video content, free Kindle ebook rental each month, discounts at Whole Foods. What will Apple's package look like? Will you pay more? Will you tie more services to your phone? Amazon's figured it out in their business model. Well, Apple figured it out in 2019. Hey, I got a big event coming up, the Retirement Income and Tax Planning Seminar. Um, if you're heading towards retirement or in retirement, if you're not happy with your financial conditions, January 24th, 6.30 to 8.30, Palo Alto Elks Lodge. Great location, easy parking. It's $25 to sign up, but it's free if you use code RADIO25. It's RADIO25. More information can be found at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So we all know about the cord cutting phenomenon, right? I think so. People are trying to cancel their cable subscriptions because they're too costly. You know, 150, 160 bucks a month. At one point in time, it felt like cable TV was $35 a month. Then it turned into $40 a month. Then it turned into $160 a month. And where did that happen? There's a company that I want to highlight and talk about 2019 as an opportunity, and it's Roku. Cord cutters kind of don't want to completely go cold turkey, and Roku does a, a pretty nice job of what they're pulling off. Now, again, this is an interesting ecology, streaming you know, content. I pay for HBO on uh, cable network, but also I use that same HBO on my Roku network, and the Roku network's maybe out of state. So if you have a vacation home or a second home, that Roku suddenly gives you another box and another box. 
and you don't feel like you're getting nickel to dime. You're paying it once. You're going to Best Buy. You're paying for your Roku, forty nine bucks for a unit. It supports four K. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of content on four K, but it supports it, right? So Roku is something that's kind of got me fired up. I'm very interested. They've started to do things quite right, and I've I've got probably I'm using four or five accounts now on Roku. So I feel like I'm getting away. I feel like I'm stealing cable TV, but I'm not. I'm just sharing it on more devices that I've done in the past, which is legal. And cord cutters, where do they go when they quit cable or satellite? You know, you fire up the Roku. Um, You use your Netflix account on your Roku, your Amazon account on your Roku, your HBO account, your YouTube account, your TV networks, thousands of streaming channels, some of them better than others. Uh, 15 million people have Roku accounts, and they've streamed more than 6.7 billion hours of content. Roku came up with an idea last year, like, how about we get some old TV shows? The best example that I'll give you is ALF, an old TV show that no one really cares about. People want friends. They want to, like, go, oh, I want to see Jennifer Aniston and her haircut. But people aren't going, let's let's take a look at the puppet ALF, uh, the puppet ALF uh, alien life form comedy series. It was awful. It was so bad, it's good. But Roku's like, we'll take that, and they'll sell a commercial into it and pay the owners part of that commercial. So they're getting in some pretty interesting ideas. They've been an IPO since 2017. <clears throat> so they've kind of gone through a couple cycles. They just came out with active users topping 27 million. Last year, that was at 15 million. Streaming hours were an estimated 7.3 billion hours this quarter. That's up 68% year over year. Bringing full year 2018 streaming hours to 24 billion. That's up 61%. Those are good numbers. So to further talk about Roku, they've talked about, they snuck this in in a press release, that they're going to offer a premium subscription service from providers such as Showtime, Stars, and Epics. Premium subscriptions are only available within the Roku channel. So maybe it'll be a discount, right? And they're going to expand the Roku channel, expand the search. So they're, they're paying attention to what people want. Now, again, you, you go, it's just a device, and that's a problem because Apple's got a TV product. Google's got a TV product. Um, Google's got a TV service. Roku doesn't have that service, but what's stopping them from putting together a bundle? Nothing. But right now, they're helping companies like Hulu, who do the bundles, get in and get you to use their device. So I think Roku's pioneering streaming TV. They've got 24 million active accounts, largest installed base of cord cutters out there. And the cord cutting is a story. Like I told you, I've added Roku's to my second home and I'm not getting a TV bill other than the, you know, streaming of the internet. It's just thrown on to what I currently do. Now the video ads that for instance, over a holiday vacation, you could use Roku and you could see a show like, let's say you never wanted to ever possibly pay for the movie called Stepsisters. But they'll put Stepsisters on and then you're like, hey, wait, there's a commercial. That's kind of weird. It's 15 seconds or 30 seconds. It's usually before program starts or during a program break. There's interactive video ads. Roku offers advertisers ability to make their TV advertising interactive with customized clickable overlays. So Roku's doing a lot of things right. They're trying to be a disruptor. Disruptors are powerful. Um, now, what's interesting is Apple TV, right? You remember Apple TV? 
and iTunes, they haven't made their service available on all the streaming devices out there. And some of the streaming devices don't want them because they're a competitor. Uh, but Apple just made a relationship with Samsung, which for as long as I can remember, the two companies have hated each other. And they're basically in the same exact business. Um, but they've made a, 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 you know, if you buy a Samsung TV, you can now get your iTunes on it. So part of the future of the services of technology is what, what ecology do you want to hold on to? So I look at the TV shows on Facebook, I go, those are awful. But they could grow into something. But I look at them right now and I go, they're awful. Now, I don't even like the Facebook community. I feel it's, it's vacuous. I, I feel like it's, 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 I have a friend that threatened to quit because of, he's like, hey, I think we should all turn off our accounts because Mark Zuckerberg's sharing our information. And then over the holidays, he posts picture after picture of his ugly kid. Uh, picture after picture, and I'm like, can't you go back to your promise of you were going to leave <laughs> Facebook? Um, and again, to me, it's kind of like voy friendship voyeur kind of thing going on. I don't like it. I don't like it. So anyway, back to the point, Apple and Samsung are working together. Samsung wants to sell more TVs. Some people are interested in that, keeping their iTunes or Apple ecology. Roku's in that business model at this point in time. Roku just had a great quarter. Um, <clears throat> and when you disrupt platforms, you always put yourself in the position to be acquired. If Roku was just selling a device, like Palm Pilot was just selling a device, it had some software in it. It didn't have enough software developers. So if you open up that device for others and you can get more of an installed base and you can come up with some premium services, you're barking up the right tree. You're barking up the right tree because <clears throat> Roku makes the point that, you know, look at histories. There was mainframe operating systems, right? And when PCs came along, mainframe operating systems, they didn't win market share. Windows became the leading platform because it was purpose-built for PCs. Roku's trying to be purpose-built for cord cutters. So when phones became their own computing platform, Windows did not make that transition to the phones, and Microsoft doesn't have a good phone product. Android and iOS are the dominant OSs of mobile, and Microsoft missed out on it. So Roku's trying to be the dominant platform. They want to be a platform run on low-cost hardware, so it fits economic models for TVs. TVs get replaced every 10 years, typically. You're not upgrading your TV every five years. Some people probably are, but you tend to kind of look at them as very utilitarian. So Roku is not yet profitable on a full-year basis. It should be by 2020, and maybe that'll be the catalyst. Its price to sales isn't crazy. <clears throat> Keep an eye on it in 2019. Put it on a shopping list. Maybe it's the right play for you. Maybe it's the right risk-reward for you. Um... But again, they do have a lot of competition from the big boys. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget to sign up for a seminar coming up on the 24th in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge, 630 to 830. I'm going to be talking about stock picks and much, much more. Sign up at Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25. I said don't I know you. Making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
just watching a little <clears throat> Fox Business during commercials. I watch a little Bloomberg TV, a little Fox Business, a little CNBC on occasion. I find them all to have major flaws. And sometimes the flaw that we carry into it is that we think that they're actually talking to us, that we can kind of relate and like, oh, that's a great idea. No one else is onto it. You have to be very careful with financial media, including myself. Um, I'm not going to lie. You know, I own shares of Apple, and Apple's easy to talk about, and it's in the news all the time. Apple's going to have some problems coming down the road. Um, they've kind of missed it <clears throat> on strategy in 2018. The strategy of their iPhones, overpriced iPhones. I now expect a certain function from my phone, right? And the bells and whistles every year is sometimes I go, ooh. The augmented reality camera that Apple's thrown out there, it's just, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's not, and we used to get it. We used to go, that phone's going faster. Or the internet's going faster. The downloads are going faster. The, the picture looks better. But now we're kind of like, a lot of that's built in. So Apple cut their fiscal guidance by 8% on Wednesday um, a couple weeks ago during the holidays. And a lot of analysts have come out and said, you know, come on, Tim, Tim Cook, you can't just blame China. Um, let's see what you got for 2019, right? Here's a problem. 2020 is right around the corner, and you're going to hear more and more talk about 5G. Now... Apple will be there, but Samsung will be there faster. As far as innovation and getting things cutting edge, I think it's fair to say that Samsung has taken some chances and most of them have paid off. They've got some features that Apple is slow to adopt. Now, Samsung misfired by launching a phone that kind of blew up. Apple has mis you know, judged how much people pay for a phone and how often will they update it. So I, I acknowledge real problems, and I think 2020 is going to be an interesting one. So Apple's got the pressure of the Qualcomm lawsuit, and Qualcomm makes a lot of products that are going to be put into 5G. And Apple's not playing very nice with them right now. And when your kid doesn't play nice with another kid, you stop hanging out with those people. So Apple's behind schedule on a 5G phone launch at a time when carriers are prepared to push out the 5G network. You're starting to hear about Verizon and AT&T and select cities are getting 5G super fast. Um, it could be a, another nail in the coffin for cable because you're able to stream your content even faster. So Apple's a little bit behind on technology right now, and that's a problem that you can't really fix. You have to recognize and get to work on. Um Apple, with a trillion dollar market cap, was pricing everything to go perfect. It didn't go perfect. It pulled back. Um, it still pays their dividend. That's kind of important to note. I'm concerned on 2020. And again, at some point in time, do we lose our stickiness with the Apple ecology, the environment, the iTunes, the backups, the music services? Or will Samsung say, you know, hey, we got 5G? And we'll be more curious and lean over in that direction. So innovation, it's still cutting edge on companies like Apple and Samsung, but it's 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 being perceived by us consumers as not necessarily getting more. It's just getting more expensive. 
So it's going to be interesting to see Apple, see if they can transition, and if they can get 5G right or wrong. Because that can hurt enormously to fall behind Samsung in the 5G race. So it'd be nice if Apple and Qualcomm could settle their lawsuit so they could start integrating product again. Because Qualcomm has the 5G product that Apple needs. And if Apple's going to be relying on Intel, I, I, I think that's something you should be a little bit more cautious with. Just me being me. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Happy New Year. Um, you could save more this year for retirement. You could save up to 19000 in your 401k this year. That's up from 18500 last year. You could also put up to $6,000 in individual retirement accounts, up from 5500 last year. If you're 50 or over, you can save even more with your catch-up. Another $6,000 for 401k and other employee plans. Um, another 1000 for IRAs. So save as much as you can. It's probably the number one uh, request that I have for you in 2019 is take some steps to up your retirement savings. You can save more. I max out every year. I hate it because, trust me, I'd rather have an extra $19,000 in my pocket to go be playing with. Video games, cars, you know, planes, I don't know. What can I buy with $19,000? Probably not much, right? But this year, our government's doing us a favor and letting us put more into our 401k, 403, 457. They're letting us put more into IRAs. Take advantage of it. Set a savings target. If you can save 15% of your annual salary towards retirement, hey, you're going to at least enjoy some days of retirement of not going to work. But you got to do it often. you got to do it for long term. You know, um, Michael Douglas was on the Golden Globes recently, and he thanked his 102-year-old dad. Poor mom. <laughs> Kurt Douglas keeps, you know, uh, Michael Douglas keeps uh, loving on his dad, but he never mentions his mom in any of those. But that's neither here nor there. He's 102 years old. Now, he's an actor, and you know, he probably hasn't acted in 30 years, Kurt Douglas, right? I don't know. Don't, don't quote me on that one. But again, it shows you the, the need to annually put money into retirement because at 102, man, you're paying someone to push you around. You're paying someone to change your diapers. You're paying someone to help medicate you correctly. Very few 102-year-olds are doing it all on their own. You definitely are paying you know, people to do your taxes. You're definitely paying people to you know, help you. So that's why you have to save for retirement. You can't all be Kurt Douglas's and be Hollywood's leading man for whatever period of time. And he probably put a lot of money in California real estate. Probably did pretty well, right? That's the assumption. Anyway, I'm already digressing. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Um, so I see one analyst out there saying, you know, the wild market start is going to calm down and we're going to focus on jobs. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. If people have jobs, they tend to spend their paychecks. If people spend their paychecks, they tend to sort the economy. If the economy is getting some support, CEOs tend to figure out a way to make money. They don't just go, oh, you know, I'm drunk this quarter and we're going to lose a lot of money. They try to figure it out. Um, NVIDIA got into a problem last year with the stock, not necessarily with their performance of the product they were making, but with the stock. NVIDIA was a big story stock in 2017 when cryptocurrencies were going through the roof. 
you have to mine that. And to mine it, basically, you have to turn on a computer and tell it to do advanced calculations for days and days and days and days. Um, so it's, it's sucking up computing power, right? NVIDIA kind of came out with a, a, a new line of video cards for video games, which they're incredibly realistic. They're kind of fun. Um, but the launch wasn't, it didn't live up to expectations for the new GTX cards. They were kind of underwhelming. So what did the company do? They reacted. So they've come up with a new card that's under $600 for those people who aren't enthusiasts who want to go super high end. They're trying to meet more of a middle market. Um, so they've announced a RTX card. Um, goes into laptops, goes into... They're, they're changing their product lineup. They basically said, oh, let's focus a little less... Not let's focus a little less, but there's some demand on mid that's not being met. Um, on the high end, you know, we, we got it. So let's come up with something in the mid. So as the competition doesn't get it. So NVIDIA is going to release their earnings on February 7th. And by coming up with new product at the start of the year, they're basically putting themselves in a position of, of a little bit more revenue. So NVIDIA may be a stock you want to look at in 2019 as a company that had a misstep in 2018, but is trying to put it together correctly in 2019. I'm giving you two stock ideas. Roku and um, NVIDIA. Again, you should have a shopping list. You should have names like Nike and Disney on it. And you don't want to buy at 52-week highs. You want to buy when they pull back. Um, there's four types of stocks, in my opinion. There's momentum stocks, where we don't care about earnings. We just care about revenue. Those are fun because you're being... You're kind of being bad. You're kind of being naughty. And you kind of know it. You're kind of stepping outside normalcy. Like, oh, you don't have to earn money. Oh, you don't have to have teeth. I love people without teeth. Um, you're stepping out of your comfort zone, right? So that's uh, going to be a 2019 story. Do you go for aggressive slash hyper-growth companies? Companies that have no revenue or have revenue but no earnings? There's an IPO coming out probably in 2019 called Slack. A lot of people are wildly interested in it. Um, they've been taking money from venture capitalists and they've been spending it to boost their business. And I saw a commercial for them recently. I'm like, okay. So there's hyper-growth companies. Then there's growth companies. Then there's growth and income companies. Then there's income companies. Income companies aren't growing, so they give you, they share the money with you. You could look at some utility companies in the past as, you know, they were going to grow at 2 to 3% population growth, but that's about it. Maybe a little bit here and there on rates. But there's four types of companies. Hypergrowth, growth, growth and income, and income. The safest is typically the income. Not always. The riskiest is typically the one with no earnings. And they're typically story stocks. Anyway, you can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Thanks for listening to the show. Big event coming up in Palo Alto on the 24th. You can sign up at Rob Black Show. Use code radio25 to get in at 6.30 in Palo Alto.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. As a guy who's getting older, I can tell you that uh, I hate the cheap plastic stuff. So I don't want everything now. There's stuff that I know that I don't want. So whether it's processed or manufactured, there's things that I know and things that I don't know. Dollar Tree is interesting and Dell's interesting. Two Ds. Let's take a look at some of the news out there and some of the research reports rolling in this morning. Dell's publicly traded again. There was a time where Dell was selling computers, $4,000, $3,500, and $3,000, $2,500, and then $2,000. And eventually, they went private because it was a lot of stress saying, this is my last 90 days. See how great I am. Uh, when you're publicly traded, you have to show the public what you've done in the last 90 days. It's earnings season. And I love earnings season. It comes four times a year. It's like Christmas to me. But I just saw that Dell starting to trade again. They've been on the market for a couple of days now. And they, to me, I don't know. It's like, is the, I don't know. Is that a business model we want? Is that a business model that has legs right now? Then I look at Dollar Tree. I'm like, wow, Dollar Tree is not a bad company. They, you know, they always seem to have a a demand, right? If you go to a dollar general or a dollar store, or dollar tree, you see people in there. And like, um, if you go out and spend $4 or $5 on a Hallmark gift card, you're probably spending too much. You can get them cheap at the dollar store, right? So dollar general got a nice upgrade today. I think that's a company that does well in a bad economy. If you think we're headed towards a bad economy, I think it's a company that does well in a bad economy. We tend to become a little more frugal in tougher economies. So I think they do well in a good economy. I think they do well in a bad economy. It's like TJ Maxx. That's a company that's publicly traded. Um, the fun thing about going to TJ Maxx, and this is, I'm not a shopper, so it's not fun for me. It's still painful. I'd rather be in the car and die. Um, but the fun thing about TJ Maxx is finding like a sweater that says was $110. We sell it for 55 but you get it for 40 today. And you're like, woohoo, I just got a $110 sweater for 40 bucks. Uh, kind of, <laughs> right? Um, so that's TJ Maxx is a company I like because there's a competitive feel to it. Major stock markets today um, are focusing on China, they're focusing on interest rates. They're starting out the year. Um, China and the United States trade talks are beginning. That's out there. Uh, what will come of it? Apple basically said, hey, China derailed our whole quarter. Uh, the Trump administration is saying that's not true. And China slowed for sure, for sure, in the last 90 days. Like I said, that's what we're paying attention to, this earnings season. How many other companies are going to come out like Apple and say, we had a bad, uh, we had a bad China? You're going to see many. Amazon shares are higher today. Research company initiated the company with a buy rating. Research firm said Amazon's opportunities this year are mostly unconstrained. Okay, that's a pretty interesting analyst note to say unconstrained. 
unchained melody. You're not chained, right? You can go anywhere. Unconstrained Apple. And what the analyst is really getting at is he's saying, despite its size, Amazon's opportunities are basically unconstrained due to their track record of capitalizing on consumer and IT department spending. So Amazon's going to continue to take a bigger slice of the consumer spending, which totaled about $45 trillion in 2018. Uh, they think Amazon will increasingly rely on physical store locations in the same way that traditional retailers like Walmart and Target are turning to digital platforms. A lot less money when you have to pay rent. A lot less money when you have to have a, a local store. So that's a negative for me. But also, if they're able to get more sales from it and returns, it's a positive. So Amazon's going to be increasingly indifferent as to whether or not a sale is fulfilled in part or whole online or at a store. Um, Amazon is poised to do digital ads this year that grow. If you did any holiday shopping at the end of last year, you started seeing more and more sponsored searches on Amazon. If you were looking for Pokemon, you could punch in Pokemon, and the first top three were results were ads. You're like, that's kind of new, but that's big business. When what stands between you and a customer is an ad on their platform, it's pretty thin. It's pretty thin. Um, so what analyst today is saying, he sees Amazon as having 35% upside this year. But he's going to call it 20%. That's a pretty big move. I know you're saying, oh, but I used to get that in a quarter. Oh, I used to get that in a week. I used to get that in a day. But when you aim that big, the strikes are painful. You know, you, you, you swing hard, you, you miss hard. Um, Amazon shares were up 28% in 2018. Uh, beating Facebook, Apple, and Alphabet. So Amazon's getting a little love. Getting a little love. And uh, we look forward to, you and me, you and me, we're in this together. I look forward to seeing what Amazon pulls out of their app. You know, the Amazon thing was, uh, the whole food thing wasn't totally unexpected. Um, but you could kind of see where this is going. So right now we're focusing on trade talks between China and the United States. Later in the month, we're going to be focusing on Brexit. Um, last week, Fed Chairman um, Powell kind of said, yeah, we're, we're going to digest a little bit. We're going to slow down. So from week to week, month to month, there's different things that we focus on. I pledge in 2019, if you listen, I'll do my best to come up with ideas for you. Try to help you avoid bad ones. Try to help you limit those because get it in the winners and they'll take care of you. You limit the downside with your losers. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Big seminar coming up in Palo Alto on the 24th of January, 6.30 to 8.30. You can sign up for it at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow. Use code radio25 to get in for free. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.